0: BLOB TALK RADIO ARE YOU
1: IT'S
0: TIME FOR THE GET READY SHOW! Best in pro wrestling talk,
2: and that's the bottom line. The cut stone
0: <laughs> This right here is the future of wrestling, and
1: it begins.
0: Into the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. 90 minute edition. There's no pay per view tonight. Go figure. It's crazy. But so many things to get into. Hogan and beefcake squabbling. What is that all about? Releases, future endeavors, lots of stuff to talk about. Who is not on the WWE roster anymore? Creative. Are they getting better? Are they maintaining status quo? How is TLC? So many things to get into as far as the world of pro wrestling, and we want to hear from you. Give us a call, 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Ken Show. Again, facebook.com slash The Ken Show is our Facebook page. Check us out now. Over there on the Facebook page, go over there and like us because we just want to be liked. And go over there, and you know we lost a few, which really sucks. So we're, we're over 500 now. We're at 497. So tell your friends, get on board, come like us on the Facebook page. We got a show chat on there right now, so you can get involved. If you don't want to call us on our phone line three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five, you can give us your comments over there on the Facebook page and. If we think it's a particularly insightful comment or or something, we'll read it here on the air. Check us out over there. We have a raw chat on Mondays on the Facebook page, and we're always throwing up interesting stuff over there. So most of the stuff, most stuff we do happens on the Facebook page. So check us out over there. Get your friends over there and like us. Our Twitter is at the Ken Reidy Show. You can check us out on that, tweeting's your thing. I think that's what all the kids are doing these days. They're tweeting. I keep being told that Twitter's where it's at, or maybe Snapchat's where it's at. Who knows? We don't have a Snapchat, so piss off. But check us out on Twitter. Follow us over there. And you can also check out our website, thekenreedyshow.com Lots of stuff over there. You can listen to the show on thekenreedyshow.com Blogs, pictures, cool stuff over there. So check us out. You can also hear us on Be Players. Radio Network, the brainchild of Dr. Frankenstein of Podcasting. Mark Adam Haggerty put this together. Lots of great shows over there. So either you're listening to us live tonight on Sunday at six thirty, or maybe you're listening to us pre-recorded over there on B plus Players. Check us out. Subscribe. Listen to all the other great shows over there on B Plus Players tonight. My my usual co-host, my tag team partner Dave is on assignment, hanging out with the likes of the beast, not the beast, the the monster, the monster among men, the demon. He's hanging out with all sorts of creatures of the night. Um, then we'll just say he's out there on assignment. So he's not here tonight, but trying to fill those big wrestling boots Back on the show for not it's not a pay per view night, but he's on the show tonight. Independent wrestling sensation. Rocky Santiago no, is on board Rocky, Rocky. Ken, doing good.
1: Uh, all uh, good thoughts to Dave as I am uh, keeping his very large wrestling boots warm. Uh, and you were right, Ken, a lot of stuff to talk about. We have T L C we have Insights into Survivor series, we have a couple of uh, fond farewells, but
0: uh I'm ready to jump right in. And let's get into it. I mean, you know, and I want to get into Survivor Series because I, I what I, what happened this week um, is fascinating to me as far as Survivor Series. Because you look at Survivor Series, one of the original Big Four, and in recent years, could you really consider it a Big Four? Um, and, and I think this week has been fascinating because I think it's a pay-per-view that needs – uh, it needs boosting It's been moving up But when I think of the big four right now in, in WWE um, You know, it, it really is Like the Royal Rumble WrestleMania SummerSlam And the distant fourth is the SummerSlam Is a Survivor Series um, Some may even say Money in the Bank is, is the new fourth As far as the big four And we're going to get into that a little bit later on But I do want to get into, first off The breaking news, I guess, for today WWE, a few releases People let out of their contracts: Summer Rae, Darren Young, and Emma. And, and you know, with those 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 three releases, and and I want I definitely want to get your take on this, Rock. But you know, I look at Darren Young, and I look at Darren Young as a guy that, uh, you know, talented, but never never really hit his stride to me. Never, you know, injuries. Um, I never found him that interesting as a character, a decent worker, a decent look. Um, didn't do a lot for me as a character. Um, didn't grab me as, as a fan. Uh, to me, wasn't a great promo guy. Um, you know, and you look at, like, the things he was talented in, naturally gifted athlete. Um, you know, I think he'd be given a chance, um, but didn't, never really realize It just never, I don't know, he was that guy that just, you know, high hopes as a rookie, you know, coming up from AAA and had a couple of good games here and there, but never really hit his stride. To me, Summer Rae had a moment. Um, to me, limited talent. Uh, I thought she functioned well with Sandango. Uh, so when, when I look at the two of them, when I look at Summer Rae and Darren Young, fine. Release them. They, they. Uh, I think Darren Young had more than enough chances to kind of find a character that really hit. Um, did they break up him and Titus too soon? Probably, because I think uh, Darren benefited from Titus. Um, but all in all, you know, I wish them the best of luck. Obviously, you don't want to see anyone uh, lose their job. Um, but I can't necessarily fault the WWE for releasing Summer Rae and Darren Young. And even right now, when you look at the roster, there's a lot of talent on that roster. And and their company, their business. You save money. Um, I get it. Emma has me scratching my head a little bit, only because of what we've seen out of her late. Um, and I don't really think that Emma really got a fair shake. Uh, I, I look at Emma, I mean, I think she's talented. I think there's a lot she can do in the ring. She's easy on the eyes. Uh, I, to me, and and when you see what she did with Oscar. Um, as, as someone who is probably kind of a throwaway, like let's just use Emma uh, to, to get Oscar on the main roster, to get her a victory. And I think Emma like, did a nice job with herself as far as not coming off as a jobber, where in essence she was, to me, Emma was put in that jobber, jobber role for Asuka. Um, but she distinguished herself as someone who could really go. Uh, to me, Emma's the one that jumps out as someone who is underutilized, that creative kind of missed the boat. Um, there was the Emelina thing with her. That it just seemed like she had a thing with Santino. Um, it just never kind of got going. And is that all creative's fault? Probably not. Is it Emma's fault? Maybe partially. Uh, but as a fan, when I look at the three releases, Darren Young, I'm okay with that. Summer Ray, I'm okay with that. Emma. I think the company kind of missed the boat there and they could have done a lot with her that they kind of missed. And I'm kind of curious, I mean, on all of the releases, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, you know, rock, maybe you're looking at this thinking, or, you know, maybe you're a big Darren Young fan and I'm completely off base here, but I, I look at the two thirds of these releases. I'm okay with Emma. I look at it as someone that maybe they could have done more with her. What do you think, rock?
1: Well, I can definitely understand your point of view, Ken. Um, for, for me, like, I'll say it right here on air, I owe Emma a very large apology. Because if you recall, for our show uh, that was doing our picks for TLC and whatnot, I kind of gave Emma the brush in her match with Asuka, saying this was going to be, you know, almost borderline squash. This wasn't going to be much. And you know what? Emma proved me, you know, Emma shut my ass up. Uh, she really showed a lot in that opening match. That opening match set the bar high for the rest of the pay-per-view. And I, I think you got to give credit to both Asuka and Emma because, A, one, Emma stepped up. B, Asuka, you know, maybe she was the impetus for Emma to say, you know what, I am not going to look like, you know, just some – a developmental, you know, rookie. I'm going to make it look like I belong in this ring with her, and she really did. And even in the following match on Raw, I, I thought they had two great matches, great chemistry between those competitors. So I definitely agree with you, Ken. The whole Emma thing leaves leaves me scratching my head. You know, who's to say that we get some uh, news in the near future as to what exactly surrounded the decision? to uh, give Emma her walking papers. Uh, obviously, I had to see her go because, like you said, you know, she did not have the Emmalina thing. She was paired with Santino, you know, not the greatest of gimmicks if you're talking longevity, but she was, really, she was starting to develop as the women's division has developed as a whole. You really saw Emma start to come into her own, and it's almost like she just started, and they just cut the legs out from under her. So, you know, so sad. Sorry to see you go. Then you have Darren Young. And you have uh, Summer Rae. Now with Darren Young, um, look—he he, great athlete, definitely a good look. Uh, I agree that pairing him with Titus was a good thing. I think he got stuff in Titus, uh, and I think they were creative. Was still in a quandary of exactly what to do with him, because if you recall, um, right at, you know after that they paired him with uh, Bob Acklin and he started to have, you know, that little run and then injury sidelined him. So, again, it, it was just an unfortunate timing of injury because I, I think he does, the man does have talent. The man does have talent. He's got to look. He was evidently starting to learn from guys like Titus, and you, you can't fault him for wanting to learn learn from a guy like Backlund, you know, to have that opportunity who wouldn't want it. Uh, so I'm, I'm starting to see Darren go. And I think that... Darren has enough youth and probably enough drive. I don't know if this is going to be the last you're going to see of Darren Young. Uh, and I hope not uh, because I really want him to develop himself. I want him to develop into a character because I think he's got potential. I really do. And then there's Summer Rae, which is, for me, I, I, I'm kind of in your boat, Ken. You know, uh, Summer Rae, she wasn't the greatest in-ring competitor and most certainly easy on the eyes. Uh, she she did have that run where she was like starting to get in her groove and she was starting to learn a little bit. But then again, it was like, okay, then she's going to total divas and she's going to be a diva. Uh, I don't know what you do with that. I don't know if summer has that, uh, desire, uh, that it's evident in the current women's roster that they really want to be known for their wrestling ability versus just looking like eye candy. Uh, you had Summer Rae in that uh, in that partnership with Fandango, and she was in that eye candy role. Maybe that's what she's comfortable with. I don't know. I you know I obviously I don't know Summer personally. I don't know what's in her head, but I think she has to do probably a little bit of searching within herself to see what exactly she wants to be doing in the business. If she wants to be a serious competitor, she wants to be considered a wrestler. Uh. We'll find out if that's the case because again, with these three releases, I think you can say for all three of them they have the youth that this may not be the last time we see them. Uh, it may be wrestling may be a young a young person's game, but again, they
0: not that long to their careers where we can't see them again. Yeah, and and you know it's interesting. I mean, I guess with Emma, like part of it's just the timing. That, that's kind of what sticks out at you. You know, I, I, I guess, you know, if like six, eight months ago, if we if Emma was released, it would have been like, eh, all right, you know. And again, the most, I, I think there's an upside to Emma. I really do. Um, I think there's a tremendous upside because I think, you know, to me, a lot of the when we look at this uh, revolution, and, and we're going to get into it a little bit later, but like Alicia Fox is giving you something different now. And I thought Emma was someone that could give you something different, something that's like kind of outside of the, the Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Baileys of the world. Um, that, that I, I just, you know, to me, she was something that could have given us um, a little bit more. Uh, so I, to me, like I, again, it, it's after these, like you said, it Rock. I mean, Raw too. You know, when you come in, that you know, right now, you know, the way she's being booked and the way she's being positioned there, and you know, I, I'm firmly on the Charlotte Flair bandwagon, but. They're booking Asuka as the greatest female ever. I mean, she's being booked strong. Um, She came to the main roster with an undefeated record. Uh, They are booking her strong, and they they are, like, creating this aura surrounding this Asuka character that she is the end-all, be-all when it comes to ladies wrestling. And Emma held her own with her. Elmo Emma was right there with her So to to me like right now It's the timing I think Rocky bring up a good point Like do we hear something later on Do we hear uh, And this is spitballing speculation Not slander don't like it but do we Hear about a failed drug test do we hear About a locker room issue Do we hear about not getting Along with insert Important name in the company here You know do we hear that going forward With Emma Um, because you would Think with a character like Emma After her matches with Oscar, that that you would just think, now Emma's finally got, like, this is the time to push her. Now Emma's shown that she can handle herself with one of the top females in the company. Let's see what we can do with her, and she gets released. Um, What's interesting with all three is the climate of professional wrestling now in this country, that the independents are strong. There's opportunities out there. And when you look at what's happened over the years, with uh, different wrestlers uh, uh, You know Matt Hardy goes out On the independent scene And TNA creates this broken Character that we keep seeing Hints of Whether that comes to be or not Gets himself and his brother Resigned with the WWE You got a Cody Rhodes Not happy with his direction In the WWE Goes out on the independents Has created a character where Cody Rhodes Sets foot in a WWE ring Going forward Oh my god Not a bigger pop will you hear in pro wrestling He has gone out and created a character That when he comes back If he's allowed to Have a reasonable facsimile Of that character in the WWE It's going to be huge So you have these three guys that If you have the talent If you have the drive you can go out there, you know, when you look at a Darren Young where, like, maybe his characters have been a little wonky over the past few years, if he goes out and creates something different, something something unique or surrounding Darren Young and gets a buzz going, he, would come, he could come back with a new character. It's almost like the independents have become kind of a testing ground. So it's, it's a test now for these three. Go out, see what you can do, if you can create something, Maybe you'll be back. Again, you said it Rock. Three people who are young enough to reinvent themselves. Maybe we see them in different incarnations in the future.
1: Well, yeah. I was, as a matter of fact, I was listening to uh, Talkies Jericho the other day when he had a Jim Cornette on, and he reminded me of an old axiom that I, I've definitely heard in the wrestling business God before. Goddamn! <laughs> Not that axiom, but the axiom in the, in the wrestling business where how do you miss me if I don't go away? And I think that can be, and it got me thinking, you know, think about how how popular Jericho is and how pop, and how much of a pop he gets when he does come back from his little hiatuses. Think about how popular, how great it was when The Rock came back. And I, I know you have issues with, you know, he said he wouldn't leave and whatnot, but you can't deny the fact of the matter is if The Rock steps in a WWE ring, for whatever reason, be it promo, be it maybe a five-second, you know, Five, five second match, whatever. Uh, just throwing hands with someone, the man gets a pop. How do you miss me if I don't go away? It's a. It, he brings up a very good point with that axiom.
0: I think it's a really good point. It's a and it's a great quote. It, it really is a great quote, and um, it is you know right now. I, I mean, it's and I don't know what these three were making. I don't know what their salaries are. If you can research stuff online, and you know who knows if it's true or not. Um, but right now, where the independents are, um, where TNA is and allows guys to, to do TNA and go on the independent circuit, um, you know, there are a lot of guys that I'm sure, like when Matt Hardy was on the independent scene, and I'm sure Cody Rhodes, I, I bet these guys are, are making close to what they're making in the WWE. Just because you're in the WWE does not mean you're making millions of dollars. And if you're a hot commodity on the commodity on the independent scene, and you're making a couple grand a show, and you're doing a few shows over the course of a weekend, and now you as when you're not in the WWE as a wrestler, you're truly an independent contractor, and you're truly making your own schedule, and, and you know you're making your only tra- only travel arrangements, and you're doing all that, um, you know you can you can make a living, um, and, and you've built a name. In the WWE, I mean, for those who don't know, like, you know, when you're on the independents and you don't have a name, you know, especially when you're starting out, like, you're making, if you're lucky, $20 a show, $25 a show. Um, As an independent wrestler, and for you guys who maybe don't know, like, what it's like, you know, to struggle on the independent scene to really try and make it, um, most independent wrestlers, especially when they're starting out, are happy if they get gas money. Like that's if you as an independent wrestler, if you break even, if you're able to pay pay for your travel expenses, and you didn't lose money on a show, that's a positive at least starting off. Um, when you build a name for yourself in a big company, you're able to elevate your price, and therefore you're able to dictate kind of your schedule, and you have the creative freedom that if you didn't like the way the WWE is using you. You can go out and create your own character and do something different. Now it remains to be seen what these three can do. Ryback's gotten out on the independent scene. He's freaking Ryback. He's basically the same character he was in the WWE. Sure, he's making coin doing that, and good for him, and I'm sure there are a lot of companies that want to book the big guy. Cody Rhodes gets released. Cody Rhodes kind of creates a new character. And goes out and is wowing people all over the independence scene. And I would all but guarantee, give it a few years, if not like a year. I mean, dude, could you imagine, right, Rock, and I'll ask you, as you're like building a name on the independent scene, could you imagine if the night after WrestleMania, the Raw after Mania, that Cody Rhodes just shows up and, and challenges oh, anybody?
1: That that would be probably pop of the night right there, you know. The, like you said, Building a name for yourself on the independent scene—if you're willing to put in the work, if you're willing to put in the blood, sweat, and tears—you can do that. And when you come off being in the WWE like these superstars have, you definitely can dictate your schedule. It's really how much blood, sweat, and tears you want to put into it, how much do you want to hit that road, how much do you want to market yourself? Because as you said, when we're just starting out in this business, yeah, twenty bucks—hey, that's great. Cover my gas. That, you know, you wonder why independent wrestlers get so chummy with each other that they all want to carpool. Hey, more money in my pocket if we all chip in for the gas. But uh you know, when you have these guys like a Cody Rhodes, uh like a Ryback who come out, well now A, I'll dictate my schedule, I'll ask I'll get my asking price and all my merch, I'm not cutting you know, I'm not cutting the WWE into my merch now. Now it's my merch. And I'm making all that money on top of that. So you know you can depending on how much work you want to put into it you absolutely can make a living and if you were if you were in that top brass rung if you were in the WWE if you go away for a while you know there's no pop like a pop for a returning superstar
0: And it really is if you have the balls to branch out if you have the balls and the confidence enough to to say I established this character in the WWE which is going to help me get my foot in the door, but I'm going to try something different now. I'm going to reinvent myself. And it remains to be seen with with these three. Does Emma go out and kind of do this, like, stuck-up model character on the independent scene and just banks off that? Fine, I'm sure she'll make her money. Or does she go out there and does she have a character in her head that she wanted to try that now she's going to try it out? She's going to get her foot in the door with the name she created and now she's going to try something different? And that goes for all three of them. Um, and and that and, it, and it's iffy, man. Because trying something different, you don't know. Um, who knows the the ceiling for these three as far as their talent? I always look back on like Eddie Guerrero and reading his autobiography. And when he first got fired by the WWE, he went out on the independent scene, and you know he went to the promoter. Was like, yeah, you know the promoter's like, yeah, hey, we're gonna book you in the main event. Uh, we just got to figure out like how you win. And but our champion retains the title, we gotta figure that all out and Eddie was like, Well what if I lose? And he was like, Wait, what? He's like, I'll 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 lose to your champion and the promoter was like, Wait, what? And and Eddie was like, I'm I'm good. Like I can do this. Like I'm I'm good enough to I'll survive the loss. And do these guys have the balls to do that? You know, that's the thing that's amazing with, with pro wrestling and you know, even even you know the the limited time I, I've spent on the independent scene, like having the balls to say, you know, I can lose to you, like I'll put over another talent because I'm going to be fine because I'll survive the loss. You know, does a Darren Young have the balls to to wrestle somewhere in like say like Nutley, New Jersey, and lose to someone, but know I'm good enough, like I'm going to be fine? Is he good enough to create a new character that he can sell on the independents, and then? Reinvent himself and maybe come back to the wwe and and that's a lot because you could you could take it easy all three of these guys will get a good payday they will have a good price on the independence not changing a thing they'll probably won't go back to the wwe but they'll have a nice a a nice payday they'll have a number of promoters that will want to use them their weekends will be full at least for a couple years so they can maintain the status quo and, and make a living do these guys go out and try to do something creative, or do they maintain the status quo? Because I think there are three individuals. Uh, to me, and I don't know about you, Rock, Summer Rae is kind of third on my list with these three, but I do think you have three people that are young enough to reinvent themselves, three talents that could get re-signed at some point with the WWE. I'm just curious if we have any one of them go out on the independent scene, reinvent themselves, and wind up coming back to the WWE as something different? Well, uh,
1: one thing you definitely learn early in the business, I know you know it, Ken, you never say never. Um, you know, anything can happen. The, these individuals were earmarked that they had enough talent to be in the WWE for whatever time frame they, they were in. So it would not surprise me if we see a reinvention. Uh, it also wouldn't surprise me if if – one or two of them stick with the same gimmick and still make it back. You know, it's all about the fans. It's, you know, it's almost with the state of the independency days, I'm not going to sound too optimistic and say it's almost like the old territory days. No, it's not. Uh, You know, unfortunately it's not. And, again, with the old territories, I think that's where you got that, you know, how do you miss me if I don't go away? You just go to another territory and you're bright and fresh and new and you can try something different. But uh, each, uh, you know, three of these uh, superstars, I, my heart goes out to them. I wish them the best. I, I think all three of them have the ability to uh, reinvent themselves, to strive, to put in that work. And I, I wholeheartedly get the feeling that in one way or another, we're going to hear
0: from each of these three again somewhere down the line. And with that being said Let's go out to the phones Because guess who's, guess who's on the phone line It's Dave, Dave
2: Hey how you doing, doing man I'm doing great Just uh, driving home Safely I might add uh, Back from New York City today It was a rainy day I'm sure you know what that's all about Doing with your studio in New York uh, Soaking wet head to toe Got to meet Finn Balor And uh, Sam Roberts from the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast So uh yeah, it was a good day all in all.
0: That's awesome. So, I give us. I, you know, I, I know you, you. saw, first off, because I, th- I think you guys talked about we well, we'll talked about it via text. Um, so, how big is Braun Strowman up close? <laughs> Braun
2: Strowman. I'm not going to lie to you. He's enormous. Like, and uh, <laughs> let me. And I'm glad you brought him up because. As I was sitting there, I was uh, the signing took place at uh, Caroline's on Broadway in Times Square, and uh, I was amazed at how many young children, and I'm talking like adolescents, were really that were really into Braun Strowman. He's been a bad guy for God knows how long now, and he just recently turned babyface at the TLC pay per view, and there were a lot of little kids that were brought knee high to a grasshopper wearing Braun Strowman t shirts. And I was just like amazed that kids that age were into somebody like him because he came from virtually nothing and people didn't really care about him. And then when he was put on his own, he reinvented himself and became something. Um, but you know, to little kids, there was a guy in front of me with a with a five year old who was a Finn Balor fan, but he was also a Braun Strowman fan. And um, I asked the I asked the dad. I said he likes Braun. He goes, Yeah. I go, Can I ask you something? He goes, Sure. I go. Does your son still think, like, you know, he doesn't know it's predetermined, does he? He's like, no, not yet. I go, and he, and he likes Braun Strowman. He's like, yeah, legit. And I was like, wow. Like, at that age, like, kids usually like the good guys and then they hate the bad guys. But I was just amazed at the the, the, the young adolescents that were um, big Braun Strowman friends. And as far as his size goes, enormous. I mean, like you, could, like, you could throw a tennis ball up against his back and the tennis ball would probably explode. That's how big he is. Um, and he was posing with kids, and he kind of did like the um, you know, he showed his muscles or whatever. One kid's head, one kid's head didn't even wasn't even the size of his bicep. And I'm not kidding around.
0: <laughs>
2: he was that big. I got I, I was amazed. I couldn't believe it.
0: You know, it's interesting because you, you you bring that up, and it's you know, and we grew up with it, and maybe that's part of it, and maybe wrestling is is changing a little bit, but you know the the era of the small guys and and like the smaller wrestlings being pushed and um you know like growing up for me like I mean I I enjoyed like like my I wanted my wrestlers to be like superheroes like I I dug that whole like superhuman aspect to to pro wrestling like almost seeing like a mythical type creature you know the first time I saw Hulk Hogan was like is this, is this real life? Is, is this man actually exist? And especially seeing him in Rocky Three, where, like, Stallone is tiny. Um, you know, it was just something, like, otherworldly. And, you know, Braun Strowman, to his credit, uh, like you said, is has kind of come out of nowhere. A guy that, you know, initially you were just like, wow, this guy sucks, and has just turned it all around. Uh, Larger-than-life kind of individual and is, has built a character that works, is more than solid in the ring that like perhaps this is something that has tapped into uh, children right now that he's just kind of that superhuman kind of thing that maybe you know everything goes you know what goes around comes around and things are cyclical and maybe he's that like superhero type figure that all of a sudden now kids are kind of getting behind I'm just glad to hear he's alive because after being like murdered on, on TLC I'm glad he's he's okay
2: well, I mean, and and, and you, I'm glad that you brought that up because now that you know millions of people around the world were were witness to an attempted murder, Kane's mayoral run is totally out of the question now in
0: Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even check. I would love to see if he like dipped in the polls or anything after that. That would be that would be hilarious. Like, you know, especially if, like his opponent like used that in a debate. <laughs> Yeah, that, no, that, 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 would that, that would be intense. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, that so was so great. got day. to meet,
2: um... oh, my God. Yeah, no, it was a great day. It was rainy, it was all hell. Waited in line for about two hours, soaking wet. Um, yeah, I got to meet Finn Balor. He was pretty cool. Um, he's not as small as he looks on TV, I'll say that much. Like, he's a he's pretty well built up. I'm not saying he's a giant by any means, but um, he was really cool with the kids. Um, it's funny. He, uh, as we we're getting closer to the line, he um, he had to use the bathroom, so they had to pause the the, uh, the the autograph session for a minute. And he walked by, and he gave the two sweets to everybody. And you know, he he was cool. You know, I I did ask him one question because they rush you out of there so quickly with these things anymore. It's 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 kind of disheartening when you go to these, especially now that I'm older, going to these wrestling autograph signings. Like you get in there, boom, take a picture, sign it, shake a hand, see you later, bye. Like it's and, and you pay all this money to do that for like fifteen seconds. Like I so I made sure I asked him a question and uh I was at, I asked him, I said, Is there any different kind of color schemes that you're going to incorporate into the demon other than just the red and black? And uh he said to me, um, in his Irish tone that uh you know, he had all these great ideas but it was the corporation of the Dobia that was stopping him from <laughs> from uh incorporating different colors and, and different ideas into the demon characters. So they kinda wanna stick with the red and the black and he wants to go um, you know, other directions with the color scheme. But I think, you know, that that that's not really uh, you know, a, a big issue with me, but I just thought it was interesting that like he's kinda stuck with that, that red and black color and I thought maybe like, you know, switch it up a little bit. But, you know, it is what it is. Good turnout. Oh got to see some of the new like action figures that they come out with um so it was pretty cool some of the action figures that they put out like guys from like the past and present um there was a um uh, uh, what not he wasn't earthquake and he was he wasn't what was he in the WCW when he was in the Dungeon of Doom what was earthquake's name in
0: that group oh jeez um it was something really I do remember. I can't remember his name. I remember being in that group. Do you remember Rock? Oh, um, thinking.
2: I got it. I got it. The shark. That's
0: right.
1: Tried It was the shark. That's
2: right. The, came out with like a shark action figure. Um. So that was pretty interesting, and you know, it, I found it very interesting too, being around all these people, um, especially these grown adults. How many of them came in? And, like, belts and, like, stuff to sign. Like, I'm missing the boat. Like, I need to, like, find a different profession. Because these guys came in with a suitcase full of shit and had all these guys sign this stuff. And I'm sure it's gonna it's already on eBay or it's going to be on eBay pretty soon. Because I don't know what I'm missing out on. But I can't tell you how many grown men I saw walk in there and they had a suitcase full of stuff. Toys, belts, posters, hats, t-shirts, you name it. I don't know if they paid extra or Whatever the case was, but I was just amazed at like what the mark, what the aftermarket is for like signed merchandise from pro wrestlers these days. Cause it certainly wasn't that wasn't that way twenty five thirty years
0: ago. No, after after stress on Mark. But yeah, you know it's <laughs> funny. Cause I go, you know, and I go on like it's it's funny to say that because when I go like you know on these you know every so often I'll go to one of these festivals and like you know if look if I had money to burn I would love to have a wall in my house with a display case of, of different belts, you know, I would love and go to shows and have them signed. And yeah. I mean, you go to these festivals sometimes, and it looks like someone does have a pot to piss in and they're walking around with six belts, getting them signed. I'm like, all right, I don't know what you're doing for a living. And if you're reselling them or, or what, you, but more power to you, you know, if, if you, if you can swing it, but, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty incredible. Like, I mean, I remember a few years ago, we went to Mania and uh, at Access. There was a couple, and they, they had, like, literally – I think it was actually 25. We went to WrestleMania 25. They They're walking around Houston. They had two belts on each arm and three belts around their waist, just just walking around, like, trying to get them signed. It's like, okay, you know, that's cool for you. So good stuff, though, Dave. I'm glad you – you know, as much as it's been, like, a, an awfully rainy – Day here in, in, in New York and uh, But I'm glad you got into the city And you, and you had a good time um, And uh, before we let you go it, It's something like out actually Outside of the festival And everything I just want to get your take Because we're, we're going to get into this in a minute But you met Finn Balor Finn Balor loses to Kane On Raw And the IWC wept I'm curious your thoughts How did you feel about Finn Balor, oh God, losing clean to Kane this past week.
2: I'll be honest with you. Normally, I'm usually the guy on this show that tells the IWC to lick my hairy ass crack. But in this case, I'm kind of understanding of their feelings as to why he lost clean. Um, I mean, he's young. I don't see why Kane... ...at best, short term... And I understand they're trying to build him up to eventually um, lose to Strowman, but I didn't think Balor was the guy, especially to the momentum that Balor had with the great match he had with AJ Styles at TLC. I just didn't think Balor, it was suited for him to to be in that position. I'm not outraged or in an uproar over it like the internet, but in some ways I don't blame them because Balor's going to be around a lot longer than Kane, and he's kind of had – his momentum swept out from under him with injuries, um, some some booking decisions, some changes in the creative. So I felt like that he's he's been getting a decent amount of momentum in the past few months with the stuff with Bray Wyatt, and then he had the match with AJ, that he comes back and he wrestles Kane, and yes, it's a total mismatch in size, but I just didn't think it was really necessary for him to be in that role. Kane could have taken out... Well, Kane could have destroyed my, fav- my, my least favorite wrestler, Mojo Raleigh, and I would have been extremely happy. Um, and it was still <laughs> have built him up as a monster. Um, but Mojo's on SmackDown, Finn's on Raw. So, yeah, I'm not an uproar over it, but from the, ru- the rumor mill uh, you know, this past week was that Kane destroying Balor that way is a sign that Balor might not be in line for a title shot with Brock at the Royal Rumble, which has been rumored for quite some time. So if that's the case, it's unfortunate, but um, I just don't see the, the reason why Kane had to do that to him. Kane could have came out and choke slammed twenty of the lower card guys or a bunch of the cruiserweights because nobody gives a shit about them, and uh, he still would have <laughs> had some credibility towards you know towards his monster character heading into a program with Strowman. I just felt like Bowler's more important to the roster right now, so that's how I feel about it.
0: Very interesting that's good stuff well I'm glad you actually had a chance to give us a call in and uh stay home well uh, you you went actually you went to this festival for uh, your brother's birthday, correct?
2: Yeah, he goes every year, so um he, he last year he went he met Balor and this is the second time he actually met Finn Balor, so he wanted me to come with him this year uh, so I, I I accompanied him this year uh we've gone a few times same group that runs it. Um, We've met Bret Hart, the Outsiders, Ric Flair. It used to be better than it was now because you would go, you'd pay, get your picture taken with the guy, he signs an 8x10, and then you get to stay for like a two-and-a-half-hour question-and-answer session, which was pretty cool. Now they don't do that. Uh, they just get the guys that come. They, they they obviously you know rent out guys from WWE, and they work that out with WWE, and they come in, they sign, take pictures, bing, bang, boom, and then they're out. So it's, it's not as intimate as it was years ago, but we went and saw um, Bret Hart one year, and we stayed for two hours, and he had a really good question and answer, and this was before like the Legends deals were really a big thing in WWE, but pretty much anybody who's been on TV is almost under a Legends deal, so um, in, in some ways, they're almost forbidden to talk about that kind of stuff, so I think that's why the Q&As have, uh, have uh, faded away from this group.
0: Interesting, but your brother have a good time at least?
2: Oh yeah, he loved it. He always he's always digging it. He's always excited for it. You know? I mean that's that's his thing. You know he's
0: you know
2: my 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 brother. You know he's he's been a huge wrestling fan as long as I have been. Um, so yeah, he loves it. He's he lives for it. That's his you know, WrestleMania stuff like this. You know he gets to do all that fun stuff, and you know I'm happy for him. That's that that's what really matters. It's more about him being happy than me. I had a great time, but you know if I didn't go, I wasn't losing
0: sleep over it. Awesome. Well, glad he had a happy birthday, and, and definitely wish him a happy birthday from us again. Thank and, you. Uh, uh, actually, yeah, we're we're not back for it. We're on hiatus. We'll be back in two weeks for the next show, so we'll have you back on then. And glad you're able to give us a call tonight. Thanks for having me. I appreciate
2: it, Rock. Thanks for holding down the fort. You're the man, Ken. Thanks
1: again. No, uh, uh, you're the man. I'm just keeping your boots warm.
2: No, 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 no. You got a spot in the show too, dude. Don't don't try and pull that bullshit with me, all right? Just 'cause we're on the air, don't. Glad me me on the air, all right? <laughs> you you you're, you got a big part in the show too, all right? So enjoy <laughs> it. I'll uh, I'm sure I'll probably listen to the replay at some point uh, in the next couple of days or so. Have a great show, guys. Thanks for having me on, and I'll uh, I'll see you in a couple weeks.
0: Talk to you later, bro. Thanks a lot. Take it easy. Thanks, stay man. Home. Bye. And that was cool. We have uh, Dave giving us a buzz, uh, you know, meeting Finn Balor and everything. And you know, that that was kind of wanted to hit a little bit of that. Um, you know, and he gave us his take on on Kane and then Kane beating Balor. And and it's interesting because I, you know what what I find interesting in pro wrestling is when you talk creative, and then you know, and we're all guilty of it at times. Everybody, and we joke here. About the IWC, and and pretty much we joke about the IWC here because, well, they don't know what they're talking about. But I kid, I kid. But, you know, we joke about it. We're all fans, we're all wrestling fans, and um, we all kind of, at least at some point, we're watching wrestling. We, We. our, our opinions are skewed. None of us can really look at wrestling objectively. We all have the guys we want to see pushed. We all have our favorites. It happens. And on, on this show, we try to be objective. But let's face it, we're fans here, and, and sometimes it's tough. And, and honestly, I was, you guys listen because, you know, opinion is fun. But opinions are like assholes. Everyone has them. And they usually stink. But what's interesting that I find in pro wrestling is you have a lot of fans that will just, oh, my God, do something different. Why are you doing the same thing over and over again? Stop. It was so easy to predict this. But when they do something different, if one of your guys happens to be victimized, it's, oh, God, what are they doing? They don't know what they're doing. Why did they do that? And, and, that's, and that's probably what's half the fun of debating pro wrestling. And, and, and I, I find it intriguing because we do look at the WWE, and a lot of times they do play it safe. Um, and a lot of times on this show when we do our picks, it's, you know, do we pick with our head or, or with our heart? Because when we pick with our head, we pick in a way that, wh- what are we used to the WWE doing, and let's go in that direction. When we pick with our heart, let's face it, we're putting our fantasy booker caps on, and we're talking about what we want to see. And like last week at TLC, which I thought was an okay pay-per-view, a pay-per-view that was subpar to me on paper was okay. I thought the main event was got a little bit ridiculous because they basically murdered the Shield, and then they were able to come back. I, I, there was a lot of plunder, baby, if you will. Um, entertaining, yes. A lot of plunders, always fun. I, to me, they kind of overdid it, if we're thinking logically how they are human beings, um, that they, they, there was way too much punishment taken. Um, when Kurt my prediction in that match was Team Miz, because I, I predicted that Angle was going to turn. And when he came out after being injured, I was like, oh, here it is. And no, it wasn't. It wasn't to me. Um, Now, and that's just it. The thing is, now, do I sit here as as a talk show host, as a podcast host, and say, you know, oh, the WWE missed the boat. They should have turned them. No, because, I mean, I could, and it would have been really interesting, and it would have, you know, given us something really different, and I think that crowd would have been absolutely shocked. and, And that was where I was coming from, picking from my heart, fantasy booking, Angle didn't turn, um, but they played I mean, the thing is also, I thought it would be interesting if The Shield lost without Roman Reigns because the unit needed to be together. Um, And and that was the whole story arc I was telling. Did I know that SmackDown was going to invade Raw the next night? No. And I thought that was really intriguing and really something different. Um, Part of me, um, kind of, Angle was this badass, TLC kicking ass, mother effer on Sunday night. He looked like a scared old man on Monday night, which kind of was odd to me. But other than that, that's me being nitpicky. I thought Creative did a nice job with that kind of SmackDown invading Raw and beating the ever-loving hell out of the Raw roster. Um, I thought that was intriguing. I thought Kane beating Balor was very intriguing. Uh, I didn't see that coming. I my wrestling fandom I I like to stick with the logic I don't like uh the propensity of smaller guys beating bigger guys it happens way too often I get the David and Goliath thing but to me like you know most of the time like I would the bigger guy should win that's why there are weight classes in boxing and wrestling that to me works well Personally, and, and it's interesting what Dave said, and I see, and I do see that side of it. But that's where, like, I think it works because I can see both sides, and that's when, like, when you can garner a discussion and, and garner like fans getting heated about it, that's cool to me. And Balor, look, Balor took three choke slams, so it wasn't like it wasn't a squash. Balor held his own. Kane, it looks like to me, is going to get one last run. Do we get the demon versus the devil's favorite demon down the road? Perhaps. Um, but I dug this because I kind of saw this as, uh, Jesus Christ, they're going to use Kane to put Balor over. And I thought it was kind of cool that Balor lost. Um, so, again, Angle, they didn't really push the creative envelope. SmackDown Invasion, I thought they kind of gave us something cool. And the other thing I thought was really neat creatively and you know, on this show and on most podcasts, we can be create we can be critical with creative, but credit where credit is due. I love love Alicia Fox being the leader of of the Raw Women's team going into Survivor Series. I think it adds a whole other dynamic. Now Alicia Fox, who was not taken seriously at all, gets to order around all these like leaders of this so-called women's revolution. I think it's phenomenal. She's effing nuts. Her character is just crazy. Uh, I mean, and, and honestly, what guy out there? I mean, stand up, raise your hand if you have not been at some point in your life with a crazy chick because she was hot. I mean, I find the guy that has it. Tell me the guy that just sat there and, like, had a crazy chick who was hot and said, nah, she's too crazy. I need to walk away. uh uh-uh. That's the button that, that Alicia Fox pushes.
1: Yeah, yeah. And for for the people at home, yeah, I did raise my hand for that one. Uh, been been there, done that. But, no, I agree. Uh, there, there were a lot of points to uh, both DLC and Raw that I was on board with. And, you know, like you said, Ken, everyone's got opinions. And full disclosure, I am a Kane fan. And I can perfectly see uh, Dave's point of view and how he felt about it and how the IWC feels about it. I really don't care much about the IWC. I care about Dave's opinion, but not the IWC. That's just me. Um, but the whole thing for me is, especially with Kane, I can never see I can never see a superstar being or, or, or someone being mad that someone lost. Like, let's face facts. Yes, the, the, obviously this is, you know, his twilight run. But you still got to look it on paper the, Dude's still a seven foot tall monster. You know, are you really going to be mad because your guy lost to someone like that? And I don't know what plans Creative has. Yeah, we definitely had our problems with Creative, but it was definitely an interesting twist to see uh, Balor get defeated by Kane when, you know, when, of course, you had everyone think, as you said, Ken, oh, well, now they're just going to use Kane to put. Well, no, Kane came back and now he's back to being a monster, and you know what? The monster just put down the demon. Now, as you said, Ken, you know, it took three choke slams. It's not like he went away quietly. And you could also make the argument that th- this was a match right after an intense match with AJ Styles. You know, those guys really tore the ring down. So you can make the argument that maybe Balor wasn't totally up to snuff, wasn't totally recovered from battling AJ. But, you know, and that's, you know, that's storytelling for you. But, you know, to, to get out of a match like going against AJ Styles right into a match with a seven-foot-tall demon uh, and you're mad because the guy lost, uh, I think you can calm down a little bit there. But as, to Dave's point when he said, you know, Balor's going to be around a long time, I agree. is going to be around a long time. He can weather the loss, and he can, he has plenty of time to come back from it. You know, Kane, if this is his twilight run, as everyone suspects, well, you know, you're you giving twenty years of the demon his last hurrah as he rides off into the sunset after his brother. I you know, I I'm totally on board with it. Uh to what you said about uh the the women's Survivor series, first off, well when they made the amount of the announcement of Survivor Series and a couple of the matches, I don't know about you, Ken, but when I was watching it I was thinking, this is Clash of Champions. You're having champion versus champion all over the place. You know, you you have uh, the Miz versus Baron Corbin. You have the tag team champions. You have you have uh, Seth and Dean versus the Usos. Uh, I, I I'm hyped for it. You know, Jinder versus Brock. Oh God, what's you know what's that going to be like? That that that's it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. And I was really happy to hear about, you know, you're going to have a a men's Survivor Series match and a women's Survivor Series match. And I think that just speaks to the elevation of the women's roster, you know, really bringing them on par. Because, like you said, Ken, TLC, on paper, subpar. But you, you had elements that brought it up. And in my view, a couple of those elements were definitely the women's matches. Asuka versus Emma. Great match. You had Mickey versus uh, Alexa Bliss. Again, great match. Uh, You know, the women are really coming into their own, so I was really happy about that announcement. And like you, Ken, I was very surprised as far as now Alicia Fox, you know, coming right up. And now she's going to be the captain? She is crazy. And it just adds an element of unpredictability to that match that I think is going to be very interesting. I'm going to be watching... uh, you know WWE now with A little bit more interest to see Exactly where they go with this because there's a heck Of a lot of potential for
0: storytelling With all those elements thrown in the mix Yeah you know there, There's a you know I mean, you bring up a good point And I want to hit like a, you know a few Of these I mean number one um, Like I think you, you, you kind of touched on it Like when it comes to Balor If you if, if Balor is that Talented if Balor is that Good Balor can weather This loss and and it's it's weird, you know. The thing with with pro wrestling, like, you know, all in all, like we like we, and 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 busted open and other podcasts, like we really shouldn't exist. We shouldn't be doing this because wrestling is not something to take a pulse on a weekly or daily basis. It's almost like like Balor loses to Kane. You can't judge whether that was a good thing or a bad thing for like another like maybe two months. And see where it goes. Is he going to rematch with Kane? Is there a program involved? Do we have Demon versus the Devil's favorite Demon? Like, or like Dave pointed out, or has Finn Balor fallen out of favor with the company, and maybe he's going to be bumped down to more of a mid card kind of guy? That's tough to say now. Like when you judge like a, a, a one match, and you have no idea where the storyline is going. So it's funny because we do the show, and I love doing the show, but sometimes it's like you know. Wrestling's not the type of industry to take a pulse that that much, and we take a pulse that, that this frequently. Um, so, like Kane beating Ballard, to me, I'm fine with it. Um, I mean, you know, we talked about this last week. When you talk about big men in pro wrestling, I mean, I mean, Kane is right there. I, I mean, you know, to me, in all honesty, and if you want, an Undertaker's kind of an interesting guy. Like you, you, I mean, I guess you classify him as a big man. Um, you know, because the big man gimmick is is like is he Using the big man gimmick per se Because Hogan was a big man But I don't know if I put him in that big man conversation Because it really wasn't like the big man gimmick And if you want to get drunk Drink every time I say big man um, But when you look at that like I mean, outside of like Andre gets the top spot And maybe you got to go with Taker being number two um, After that you can debate. And if you want to tell me Kane is three, I'm not going to necessarily argue with you. I mean, I think you got Kane, you got Big Show, you got Big John Studd, you can go back to Ernie Ladd. Like, you've got, like, big guys. Um, and, and I'm not sitting there because I don't have a list in front of me of all the big men, but, like, Kane is right as, as far as one of the top big men in the history of pro wrestling. If this guy is on his last run, man... Piss off, Balor, you know, weather the goddamn storm, and if you're that talented, you'll be able to get pushed down the road a piece. Now, again, it remains to be seen, where does the company see Balor? Is Balor still a main event guy, and this is going to be a blip, and, you know, he's just kind of food for Kane's final run, and then they're going to build him back up again? Okay, if this is something that he's fallen out of favor, and he's going to be knocked down a few pegs, We'll see what happens there. But I have no problem with Kane beating Balor at this juncture, but I am curious to see where we go moving forward. Alicia, you know, one thing that I found very intriguing watching Monday night raw and whether it was intended or not. And I normally, I'm, you know, there's not a lot of positive, I would say out of commentating as a whole in, in the WWE. Uh, um, but Corey Graves during the, the, the triple threat match with the ladies said. Then I'm paraphrasing, but it was something To the effect of. I really hope Sasha or Bailey wins because I couldn't handle Alicia Fox as as the champion as the um captain of the team. And what I found really, what I read into it, maybe I'm reading into it too much. What I what I took away from that is. Sasha and Bailey have basically become interchangeable. And while watching the match, I I was really I was really rooting for Alicia Fox um because I thought there'd be some fun storytelling with that. Uh and uh but I didn't think she would win. I thought she was really in that match to eat the pin from either Sasha or Bailey, which when Corey Graves said that, I was like, "Wow, they've just kind of become like Two sides of the same coin Kind of interchangeable pieces Like this uh, benign Face Female athletic character Like just it, it really doesn't matter Anything else that you're doing You're just kind of the same similar character And Alicia Fox gives you something different Which Again we'll see what happens going down And that's why I've kind of been down I've been down on Sasha Banks Bailey and Becky Lynch Because I don't think they've evolved And they've kind of been the, the the same thing for a while and and when cory graves said that i i found that very eye opening that I, I don't know and i would doubt cory graves actually meant it the way he said it but to me when he said it i'm like you're just basically putting it out there that that sasha and bailey have become interchangeable pieces this crazy bitch like being the captain of the team is just awesome to me um she changes everything to me she'll make i mean She's gonna make and it's and I'm not saying she's the best by far. I, I mean Charlotte's amazing. Um, there are a lot of better workers that are going to be in this match. But I'll put it down on record and I'll go out on a limb right now. The most entertaining aspect of this Survivor series match is going to be Alicia Fox. She's got great comic timing. Again, this this crazy character is awesome. I for for most guys, as I said earlier. We've all had that that crazy girl we we've dated, and she was hot. And we kind of there's, there's kind of this like love hate thing with guys. She's hot, but she's absolutely out of her mind. I mean, when she grabbed the ref and kissed him after the match, the ref didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, I, I like more honestly more than Sasha and Bailey. To me, Alicia Fox has a better grasp of what her character is, what her character's role is. And when all these women are thrown into this Survivor Series match, I to me, predicting right now, and I'm not predicting who I'm going to say is going to win, but I'm going to say the most entertaining aspect of the ladies' match at Survivor Series is probably going to be Alicia Fox.
1: Well, you know, I, I ain't going to argue with you for saying that, Ken, because, you know, I agree, Alicia Fox is entertaining. And you, you bring up an interesting uh, point with the interchangeability of – uh, Sasha and Bailey. Now, I, you know, full disclosure, I am a fan of Sasha and Bailey, but a- in my estimation, in my opinion, you know, which everyone has one, I don't know how much uh, Sasha has developed the boss character within a face role, because a- in my opinion, the best time that Sasha and Bailey had was when they were an antagonists when. Sasha was in that boss role And she was a heel And she was good at being a heel And you know Bailey obviously uh, Is a great face of the company uh, For the women's side Can be that uh, Can be that real baby face But again You're not going to have a great hero Unless you have a great villain And uh, Taking nothing away from uh, You know The current heels On the women's roster You know Especially Alexa You know Taking nothing away from her Sasha was at her best when she was at her most evil, and I think you know I don't know if the WWE is going to recreate that down the line. Are, are they going to have you know Bailey and you know and maybe this was indicative of you know present day having social media because it was on social media and the death of kayfabe that you saw Bailey and Sasha hanging out a lot. Uh, you know, you, you had pictures, you had the Instagram and all that stuff. Okay, these guys are friends. Why are we going to have them fight each other? Uh, you know, to me that, you know, you could make the argument that K Fabe kind of, or the death of K Fabe rather, kind of ruined that because those two had great chemistry in the ring against each other. And I really hope that somewhere down the line they explore that. Now, who knows? They may even turn it on its ear because we've seen Sasha in the, in the heel role and Bailey in the face role. Who's to say that somewhere down the line you don't see a reversal of those roles and see what those ladies can do? It, it's quite obvious that when you put them together against each other, they have chemistry. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see how they develop their characters down the line. And hopefully they do. Because as you said, Ken. He, to, to stay with the same same gimmick and you know, the same equation, it can get tiresome. It gets tiresome quick. You, you have to evolve in this business. If you want to stay relevant, if you want to stay interesting, you always have to keep evolving. So I really hope, like in the in the case of Bailey and Sasha, that they do that. You know, they do that little tweak that makes their characters interesting again. The same thing for Becky uh I I was a fan of Becky Lynch. I still am a fan of Becky Lynch, but I can agree with you Ken that maybe right now she's kind of in a, a state of flux in that you don't really know where she's taking her character. She she started out as this quirky redhead, you know, said a lot of puns. I, I don't know how much I was with a, with the pun thing, but she had her she had her role, she had her her character. And now it seems that, okay, the character is done. We know it. What else you got? Uh, the, the, only, the only woman I can say who's kind of really weathered that storm really well is Charlotte. Uh, you know, and I think maybe it's an unfair comparison because she has that pedigree. It's so easy, you know, when you have that kind of pedigree on a flare In this business... When you say you're a flair, well, damn it, you don't need much more. You know, you got the robe, you got the skill, you got the strut. This is one of those types of businesses where you have that, you can run with that. And I find it interesting, especially when you look at the dichotomy of different wrestlers and where their characters are and where their characters develop, because one point I'm going to make is about uh, another one of the ladies, Asuka when you look at Asuka and they're building her up and the crowd eats her up and she's built up as this mysterious, you know, this mysterious Asian woman, almost like a force of nature, doesn't talk much, but really gets the crowd. You can almost look at her parallel on the men's roster in Shinsuke Nakamura. And for me, the the character of Shinsuke doesn't work very well because I can't hear him speak. But for some reason, Asuka has made it work. Uh, she's, he's made that mysterious person work, whereas I don't feel it. It does work for Sinsuke a lot. I know that's that's a like real big tangent, but it just came to me in thinking about, you know, all this talent and their characters and how they develop them. It's funny how for one talent it can definitely work, and one talent can try the same thing, it just misses the mark a little bit.
0: It's interesting because, you know, and I think part of it may also be like how, like where your ability is when you get on the main roster. Because I, when I saw Charlotte, I was like, yeah, yeah she's, it's another David Flair, you know. I, I was like unimpressed when she first came up to the main roster. And she really improved. I mean, that's where, that's where I admire Charlotte is both in ring. I mean, her work in the ring has light years what she's, Added to her repertoire. And, it, look, is she her father's daughter on, on the mic? No. Uh, you know, I mean, but nobody. I mean, who's Flair? Uh, but has she improved on the mic? Yeah, she's gotten a lot better. And, and and that might be part of it where you look at certain people. Like, you know, when you took talk about Asuka, are we bored with her in a month or two on the main roster? You know, you're comparing her to Nakamura. Um, like, where do they evolve? And that's part of it, man. Like, with wrestling... It's, there's no off season Like you gotta keep evolving And maybe it's unfair for us to be critical here But that's it That's what the business is And right now Alicia Fox has evolved And has created this character that is, is a wackadoo and, and effing entertaining Whereas Sasha And you up a good point Like how can you be this, this, this hot chick saying you're, you're the boss But your face and i don't think she's necessarily found that happy medium to be the boss but make it work at, like she's kind of a benign face but she's still the boss and and calling yourself the boss works so much better if you're a heel i mean taking like taking her talents aside if just just throw out the the woman that is sasha banks and just take the gimmick the boss it's going to work better as a as a heel than a face regardless of where your abilities lie. So, I mean, that might be part of it that that Bailey and, and Sasha like like all came up with these high expectations and had their game at a high level, but just have not evolved since then. Where I, to me, I, when Charlotte came up, I you know if all if you took Becky Lynch in the mix, I may have ranked Charlotte as four. When you're talking about Becky, Sasha, Bailey, and Charlotte all together. I may have ranked Charlotte four. She's clearly number one out of those four right now. Uh, but maybe it was like she had farther to go and found her stride when she got on the main roster. It remains to be seen. And I would—I lo- mean, they are talented. And I would love to see, the, you know, these characters evolve. I would love to see what Bailey could do as a heel, perhaps. Um, do something different. But right now, I love what they're doing with Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox has gotten me excited for Survivor Series, as well as everything else going on. Champions versus Champions. We have a Survivor Series matchup. They're doing a nice job with, the, with the, the brand split where now there's, I mean, SmackDown shows up. Shane McMahon, what an asshole, shows up, you know, after like being friendly to Kurt Angle's face. To his face. Then his whole roster shows up and wreaks havoc on the Raw Locker Room. Dissension on SmackDown. Daniel Bryan, not necessarily happy that Shane McMahon went out on his own and did something like this. I dig all of this. I think this is tremendous. I would love for them to kind of create something where, and and I don't know, and I'm spitballing here, but do Survivor Series where since you have like champion versus champion, but as far as I know, like, but championships are not on the line. Like, champions will still retain their championships going back to their brand, but it's kind of for bragging rights. I would love to have something in the mix for the, the, the overall winner, the overall brand that wins gets, like, a, a number one draft pick. They get to pick someone from the other roster. Something where now you can, what you can do is call, like, the whole card is the Survivor Series. So the whole card is, so these matches are part of the series because it's a best of. And then it makes sense when you have your, quote, Traditional Survivor Series matches So the whole card In and of itself You have an odd number Whatever it is You have 11 matches So it's an 11 match Survivor Series With a couple of matches That are your Traditional Survivor Series matches And the winner of the Survivor Series Gets to pull Someone from the other roster Or Or A a a team Or you get You know The draft is You know Maybe you make the draft In December So you get Maybe you get the first Three draft picks If you win The Survivor Series I think it's something That it's worth Looking at But right now I dig it man They're definitely Giving us A feel of Almost like having Two different companies Um, It almost has that feel Of when When the Smackdown locker room Showed up On and, And look Don't get me wrong It's not as good if this would have happened, but it it has that feel if if WCW showed up in a WWE locker room during the Monday Night Wars. Um, it, I, it was fun. I didn't see it coming. I thought it was intriguing. I liked on SmackDown the way they kind of manipulated certain characters, like a Dolph Ziggler, where it's like, yeah, just because we went on Raw and fought together doesn't mean we're friends. When he's talking to Rude, thought it was interesting that there's a kind of you know. On Smackdown, I still don't like you But I like Raw less So I'll fight with you If we're going to beat on the Raw locker room But when we get back in the ring I still want to take your head off I thought that was really intriguing And, and as I said at the top of the show And this is why I really wanted to get into this To close the show That Survivor Series Has by far Been the distant fourth In the, the big four Original pay-per-views um, WrestleMania, clearly number one. WrestleMania, it's ridiculous the spectacle that that has become. Um, you could probably debate Rumble or S- SummerSlam as far as being number two. Personally, I go with Rumble, but they, they market SummerSlam as the WrestleMania of the summer. Um, in recent years, I think they've done a good job at building SummerSlam back up to be a credible. One of the big four But for my money over the course Of a a few years If not decades Survivor Series Has lost its luster Survivor Series has become A just a regular pay-per-view With a quote Traditional Survivor Series match Many times this traditional Survivor Series match Seems to be thrown together Um, Not much Meaning behind it And now, man, you have, like, one roster that's, that started the attack. Raw is under siege. Now, after this friendly brand split, you have two brands that do not like each other. And I hope they don't do something stupid where after Survivor Series they mend this. Let's keep this going. Let's have, like, two companies that really are, are rivals with each other, like, that don't like each other, and, and have more heat when Survivor Series rolls around next year. Again, I like the idea of having an odd number of matches and calling this the Survivor Series. When we get to Survivor Series, it's going to be difficult to make picks because you have champion versus champion in a number of matches. Uh, I I love it. I I think that in in a very short amount of time coming out of a mediocre pay-per-view, that they, they were able to get me as a fan really excited about the prospect of what Survivor Series is going to be. And not only that, you know that Raw has got to have a response to what happened this week. You know, what, what happens going forward now? It's it not only has me excited about what Survivor Series, the pay-per-view is going to be, but it's got me excited for the build to Survivor Series, which has been a rare occurrence in recent memory. So, I dig everything they're they're doing. Again, we can be critical as fans on this show and other shows as far as creative. Right now, I'm digging what creative is doing to build Survivor Series. It's got me pumped for Survivor Series and you know, I don't know, Rock, you know, you've been a wrestling fan for a long time. I've been a wrestling fan. We go back to when Survivor Series, it wasn't traditional. It wasn't called that. It was it was a bunch of elimination tag matches. That was what it was. It wasn't that's what Survivor Series was. Um, this, to me, is something that if you, if you had something on the line, whether it's a draft pick, whether it's something else at WrestleMania, whatever, figure something out, and you called this the Survivor Series and there would be a brand that would come out as the winner overall in the pay-per-view and would win something, to me, that, that is the natural evolution of what Survivor Series can be. I'm one of those wrestling fans where I get it. Things change. You have to evolve with the times. But if you're calling it Survivor Series, there should be a series in play. And I would add something like that. But, you know, I guess you would call that a criticism. Other than that, to me, I'm right on board with what they're doing heading into Survivor Series. It's probably the first time in a long time uh, at the beginning of the build for Survivor Series. I'm excited And I think they're doing a good job. Remains to be seen what they do from this point until November 19th, but I think they're doing some good stuff. Well, no, I totally
1: agree with you, Ken. I'm definitely psyched uh, for Survivor Series. And, uh, you know, this leads back to the beginning right when uh, they initiated the brand split, and we were all kind of standing around hoping. It was like, I hope they get this right This is one of those things that makes it right. Because let's face it, you know, wrestling, it's the dramatization of the spirit of competition. So, you know, this is competition compounded. Not only do you have people uh, on one show competing against each other, now you have shows competing against each other. And you have a class, you know, this takes the class of champions. So, you know, I love the potential for when we do the review show to do our picks, because really, how do you do picks for a show like this? It's going to be awesome, and just the shows, just the combinations—the Miz, Baron Corbin, Ah, uh, Brock, Jinder—oh, what do you do there? You know, I, I'm just—I'm getting excited just thinking about it. This is one of those shows that's unpredictable, and I perfectly agree with you, Ken. There should be something on the line be it draft picks, be it a, a, a gaudy freaking trophy that one show can lord over the other show, like, where are the holders of the Survivor Series trophy? But it also uh, introduced some interesting elements. You had Daniel Bryan and, and Shane possibly not on the same page. Does this call for down the line? You know, you had Angle come back. Do you now introduce Daniel Bryan versus Shane McMahon, two of the two of the guys who would take the biggest risks in wrestling, you know, who's to say they can't meet at a Hell in a Cell match? The the IWC would melt over something like that. Of course, they would melt even further if Daniel Bryan lost that match, but that's a whole whole other story. But, you you know, you definitely introduced a lot of elements. Uh, Like you said, there has to be a response from the Raw roster as far as, you know, SmackDown doing the invasion. There's just so much you can do with it. And this, as I said in the beginning, this is what makes the brand split work. If you just can have the brand split just for a brand split, then it falls flat. But when you have this spirit of competition between shows and you have, you know, rosters going against rosters, you know, as you said, I don't like you, but I, don't, I like them less. Let's go get them. Then it just makes for it. A lot of plunder. It makes for a lot of action, and it makes for some interesting combinations that we will have to analyze. And I'm definitely looking forward to it.
0: And, and, and I, I just, just hope say, that they they continue in in that that direction. I, I don't want to see like Survivor Series end, and then both shows make up. Like to me, like right now, right now you 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 have the makings right now of really, like I said, like two. You have WCW and WWE. You have two come like let's let's cast I mean honestly let's cast Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon as as Vincent Kennedy McMahon and and uh and billionaire Ted like let's let's cast them in those roles like let's you know and if we if we have like brand versus brand let's have a brand versus brand match if you want to throw something in at WrestleMania let's do that but let's like, let's keep it where like let's have two Companies that don't like each other, and one thing that I really found brilliant with, and and, you know, you go back and, and you know, I know I'm a fan. I've talked it before, but like Pritchard and Pritchard's podcast, and if you never, if if you never listened to his uh, Mega Powers podcast, listen to it. But when he talks about that storyline, he talks about the subtleties in the storytelling, how they planted the seed, how things that happen where. Initially, you would think it's nothing, came back, and, how, and it's brilliant to, to listen to how they built the Mega Powers Explode. And when I watched this, this week on WWE Programming, and when I thought about the subtleties, and, and I thought about the Mega Powers and subtleties in storytelling, and what I also thought about is one of my favorite storylines, and to me, a largely underrated storyline story is when Bret Hart was anti-American and running the Hart Foundation. And he was booed in America, but cheered outside the country. And guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Undertaker were cheered in America, but booed outside America. And they would subtly tweak their characters depending on where they're wrestling. Um, the fans all know. Unless you're like, unless you're a child or you're, you really don't get it, everybody knows it's a storyline. It's it's kayfabe. They're all under one company. They're all the the, the millions of dollars are going to generate through this are all going into the same pockets. Um, Shane and Kurt Angle both have money to be made on this. It's not like if SmackDown comes out of Survivor Series Superior. That Angle is losing money because of it. They're all under contract, blah, 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 blah. That all being said, I really dug the fact that Shane was booed on Raw and cheered on SmackDown. I thought that was really cool. I thought it was interesting that, like, wow, in an era where, and I've said it before, and I know you people will disagree, you'll say kayfabe is dead, and I've said here kayfabe is on life support. Not quite gone yet, Okay. I think K Fabe is holding on. Every so often there's a code and, and like people come in with the defibrillators, but K Fab is laying in that hospital bed and Kay is hanging on. They are hanging on. And when I watched this week, I was just like, Wow, that that he was getting booed, but the subtleties, and this goes back to what I was saying with Pritchard, the subtleties that Kurt Angle in that like playful exchange before you knew that, that the under siege was coming, that Kurt Angle was kind of like, "Hey, you know, but Raw is just, we, you know, we're better than you. Come on, you and your cute little SmackDown show, but you know we're better. We have Strowman, we have Kane. You know have, I mean, outside of like I'm AJ, but outside of that, you have nothing. I mean, that's kind of what Angle was saying, and it was kind of a throwaway on Raw." But when Shane brought it back up on SmackDown and the crowd booed, it was like, this is awesome, man. That, like, Angle is a face on Raw and was getting booed on SmackDown. And Shane being on both shows, Shane was booed on Raw and cheered on SmackDown. Like, that's freaking cool. Like, that, and it's the same audience. It's the same, they're not two companies. They're the same company. It's the WWE crowd. When WWE comes into a town I guarantee you Most fans are not looking whether it's Raw or SmackDown They want to go to a WWE show But what happened with this storytelling The crowd Largely I would say that crowd Probably 90% of them watched Raw Saw what happened And still cheered for shame Because at that moment And when they cut to the crowd It was almost like that crowd was taking pride And yeah we're SmackDown we're SmackDown. We're SmackDown loyal, and I'm like, that's cool. That's freaking cool. That like the crowd is kind of buying into the kayfabe storytelling of what's going on. They're buying into the underseas. They're buying into the hashtag underseas. Uh, the, the the SmackDown wrestlers that like posted videos in their cars about invading Raw and and posted that on social media. Uh, the crowd was into it, and I and I was like, wow for a pay-per-view that has largely, you know, much maligned pay-per-view, a pay-per-view that I couldn't get into for years, that all of a sudden, I'm not saying this, and I'm curious your thoughts, but I'm not saying pay-per-view of the year. What I am saying is right now they have the groundwork for the most unique pay-per-view of the year.
1: Well, yeah, essentially what they tapped into is they tapped into every – Sports fans base instinct. What do you love about about following sports? About following sports like baseball and football? You love cheering for your team. You love cheering for your team. That's what the WWE has done. They've made okay. Now we have two teams. Are you going to cheer for your team? Yes, we're all under the same umbrella of the WWE. But are you either a Raw fan or a SmackDown fan? And it's just that. That spirit of competition, that spirit of I want to cheer for my team and screw the other team, and the WWE in this instance has tapped into it. And when you tap into something that powerful, the, the potential, in my view, is limitless. This this is what's missing with without you know rival uh, wrestling companies that can be on par with the WWE. So what what did they do? They said we're splitting brands, and now let's make our own damn teams. And they've really tapped into it, and I think you can really see something special. If they
0: play their cards right, you can really see something special this Survivor Series. And I think, you know, for me, I, I have been against all of these championships, but I, and I think you hit the nail on the head if they do it right. And this is the first time that I am looking at the brand split and saying all these championships work. It's the first time I'm looking at that. To me, like, it was always there's too many championships. It doesn't make sense. It waters stuff down. And, again, this is it, man. Like, if you're a wrestling fan, if you're a Mark, if you're an IWC, grow up because you got to pump the brakes and realize, well, maybe you were wrong and maybe creative did something good. And I'm I'm admitting right now. I'm, I'm, I'm admitting it. Didn't like all these championships. But when I see the way this card is playing out, if they do right by this card... Then all the championships make sense. And you just made Survivor Series matter. Exactly, and, and that's what's amazing about what they're able to put together. And Rocky, I, I, you know, with all the stuff we talked about, I mean, you nail in the head, probably the point of the night that as a sports fan, and and wrestling is, it, it's essentially it, it's a, it's a play about sports. Um. That as you as sports fans want to live and die by their team, and if the WWE does it right here, you'll have hopefully two fan bases, you know. And the IWC being like, well, what? There's a Shield on one side, but there's AJ Styles on the other. What do I do? What do I do? You know, and that that's a thing where like you know where where you can kind of resurrect a little kayfabe, like kayfabe is like. Like, they're starting to, they're starting to stir. The like kayfabe's in his coma, but, like, he started tapping his thumb just now. The, the, the nurses are running into the hospital room, like, kayfabe is showing some signs here. Again, I, who knows? It'll be pay-per-view of the year, but, uh, you know, it's amazing. It's cool because we've been critical a lot on the show. It's great to do a show where there's a lot of optimism.
1: Well, yeah. No, th- I think this card, especially with the elements of unpredictability – with, with what it could be, the potential, you know, it can't help but have some hope. You know, I'm smoking the hopium. I, I really want this to work.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I, I'm, I'm psyched, and I'm psyched to analyze this. We're not going to be on next week. We'll be back in two weeks. And, again, like a lot of pay-per-views we've seen where we're waiting to see what matches are going to be thrown together, we got the card. And they threw us a curveball this week where the brands hate each other now. And where are they going to go moving forward Which has got me really excited to see This build And, and also, I, I don't know when a lot of, any pay-per-view even Where I've been excited to, for the build To see what they want to do To see the show So I'm pumped Everyone thanks Dave for calling in Glad you had a good time tonight Safe home Again we'll be off next week We'll be back in two weeks To continue to analyze Smackdown The Survivor Series For Rock I'm Ken Good night everybody